Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Monday the 12th of February. I'm Michael Bailey and on today's show... Arsenal hit six and Man United hit form. So you really feel like they can get a bit of momentum and start putting pressure on Villa above them. Bayer put Bayern in their Bundesliga place. There's a clear gap between them, both in terms of level execution, entertainment value, but also confidence. And it's hallelujah for the freshly crowned champions of Africa. Adingra to attack Aina again. Adingra, can he cross? It's a great ball! It's a goal! This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. What a weekend of football it's been. Let's bring you all the goodies, starting with the Premier League. More of an in-swing on this latest one. Saliba there. Rice with the ball in. It's three. The Gunners showing a real appetite for destruction. Erdegaard. Trossards. It's four. Arsenal relentless. Behind Erdegaard. Oh, what a goal. Of course, it had to be Declan Rice. Forever a hero in claret and blue, but one of West Ham's most story players adds another ignominious insult to a chapter of horrors. Yes, Arsenal were at their sixy best as they thrashed West Ham at the London Stadium. Bakaya Saka scored two, Martin Odegaard made two, and Declan Rice, on his latest Hammers return, was involved in three of the six goals, including the most prolonged non-goal celebration I've ever seen. The loss added a chunk more pressure on the shoulders of West Ham boss David Moyes, who is officially still out of contract come the summer. I take the responsibility, I pick the team, but the players have to take responsibility, you know, if you're, if you're not front, not, not tackling, not uh, turning your back, or not winning headers, etc. All those things are part of your job. Arsenal's win was so big, it wiped out their goal difference deficit to Manchester City, who remained second on goals scored after a routine win over Everton. Leaders Liverpool beat Burnley at Anfield, while Manchester United did this. And the header is firm, decisive and match-winning from Scott McTominay. United led twice and won 2-1 at Aston Villa, leaving United five points off breaking into the top five. We'll have more on that one shortly. But let's move on to Spain, where there was the unmistakable sound of a bubble bursting at the Bernabeu. Rodrigo running and running, allowed to run and scores. And Real Madrid are absolutely running away with this now. Vinicius Jr.'s stunning opener got the ball rolling as Real Madrid put four past Girona. Real now have a five-point lead at the top of La Liga. It would have been 5-0, but Yossalou's penalty in added time hit the post. Jude Bellingham scored twice, but also sprained his ankle, which is expected to rule him out for a few weeks. Maybe Real should just sign Jude's younger brother, Job Bellingham, as cover. He scored a stunner for Sunderland in the EFL Championship on Saturday. Go check it out on your socials. Granada led twice at Montjuic, but Lamine Yamal saved Barcelona's blushes as Xavi's side drew 3-3, while Atletico Madrid's 1-0 defeat at Sevilla saw Alvaro Morata suffer a knee injury. 
The Spain striker was in tears, but it's hoped he'll still make this summer's European Championships in Germany. In Italy, Serie A leaders Inter showed their class with a 4-2 win at resurgent Roma. They're now seven points clear of second place Juventus, who host Udinese tonight. And Milan beat defending champions Napoli thanks to a solitary Teo Hernandez goal. On Saturday in Germany, it was the big one in the Bundesliga. To get the ball back and does from Teller. Oh, it's a sensational strike! Grimaldo, and it's all going to plan for Leverkusen. It felt like a Bay Arena daydream as Leverkusen beat Bayern Munich 3-0 to open up their own five-point lead at the top. And we've got more to come on this one too. And in France, 10-man Nice lost 3-2 at home to derby rivals Monaco, leaving Paris Saint-Germain 11 points clear at the Ligue 1 summit. As for the international finals, it was a fairy tale finish for the Africa Cup of Nations hosts and their talismanic striker. Now taking on Aina, good play by Adingra, lovely ball, brilliant goal! Sebastian Allaire has got the touch, Ivory Coast lead! The last chance for Nigeria, it is! The hosts hit their high point. Cote d'Ivoire are champions of Africa again. And they've done it in incredible fashion. Yeah, Sebastian Allaire's 81st minute finish sealed a 2-1 win over Nigeria and crowned Ivory Coast AFCON champions. All this just two years after Allaire paused his career due to being diagnosed with testicular cancer. What a story. The Athletics' Jay Harris was in Abidjan for Sunday's final. It was an incredible ending to what's been a weird and wonderful tournament. Three weeks ago at the Alassane Mutara Stadium, Ivory Coast, the host nation, were humiliated by Equatorial Guinea 4-0. It's been an incredible story. They beat the holder Senegal in the last 16. They beat their neighbours Mali in the quarterfinals with a dramatic late goal. They beat the Democratic Republic of Congo in the semi-finals. They saved the best till last. They went 1-0 down against Nigeria. The best person possible scores the winning goal. Sebastian Allaire, Ivory Coast, is going to be a full-blown party tonight. The resilience, all led by Amers Faye, their interim head coach. He took his first senior game as a head coach at this tournament. He's only been a manager for four games, and now he's the champion of Africa. What an incredible story, a fitting finale to a wonderful tournament. And in Qatar, the hosts and holders defended their Asian Cup crown with a 3-1 win over first-time finalists Jordan in Lusale. Qatar are the first back-to-back champions in 20 years, all thanks to Akrim Afif's hat-trick of penalties. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. So let's revisit that Manchester United victory at Aston Villa. Most tellingly, it was United's first win at a top nine club in 14 attempts under Eric Ten Hag. And it was all thanks to another Scott McTominay winner. His seven goals have now earned United an extra 12 points this season. Our United correspondent, Laurie Whitwell, joins us from Villa Park. Laurie... With the way that game went, I'm not sure United would have won it earlier in the season. Yeah, they rode their luck big time. I think they got lucky in the sense of the ball hitting Andre Nana quite frequently. Uh, I mean, he did pull off a couple of really good saves. But yeah, Villa's finishing on another day. I think United might have been blown away, You know, particularly in that second half when, when Villa really started going for it. I mean, United showed grit as well. You have to say that. Um, yeah, as much as Fortune played a part, they did defend manfully. You know, you've got Maguire, Varane. Lindelof, Dallo throwing their bodies in front of things. So I suppose they they kept in the game in that way. And they did have a threat on the break. I must say I was surprised that Rashford went off. I thought he was running quite well with the ball and you could see how that might create a goal for United. But Eriksen Haag knows more about these things than I do. He took him off and put Scott somebody on and, and somebody got the winner. Yeah, I was going to ask you, who who was the biggest winner for United after this one? 
McTominay wasn't really doing anything differently than we've seen this season. We know he's got that in his locker, you know, that ability to arrive in the box and finish when the moment really needs it. So I don't know if that really moves on that much. I think Hoyland possibly, just because, again, a fifth Premier League goal in as many games, you know, scoring five successive Premier League games, I think is a really big point to get momentum going and to just show, just prove that he is a striker that can you know, get a lot of goals at this level. I think he'll be really pleased with the way the goal happened as well. You know, it was a set piece, but he was in the box waiting for it. And, you know, classic striker's goal. So I think he'll come away from this game, you know, feeling positive about that. Yeah, it's a really sharp movement in the box from him for that one. Talking about momentum, they've still got five points to make up on Villa, who who are fifth, but it, it does feel like they've got a they've got the ball rolling at the moment, United. Could could they make the top five? Is that being discussed as a realistic target now? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this was a pivotal game for that, wasn't it? Because if they had lost this game, as it looked like they might do in the second half, when Villa Park was absolutely rocking, by the way, then it would have been 11 points behind them. Uh, you know, and they're obviously in that fifth place position that, that probably will be good enough for a Champions League place, not to mention then Spurs and then Arsenal, City and Liverpool just seem to be, you know, absolutely away with it. So really, United have only got to aim for Villa and, and maybe Spurs. So if they'd have lost this game, it probably would have been curtains. They've won it somehow and they're, they're right back in the pitch. You know, that's um, four wins in our competition competitions on the bounce um you know they go to Luton next weekend so you know and then Fulham after that at home so you really feel like they can get a bit of momentum and start putting pressure on Villa above them thanks Laurie and remember to check in with our dedicated United podcast talk of the devils during the week to go deeper on events at Old Trafford what a Sunday night it was in Leverkusen then. The Bundesliga leaders dispatched Bayern Munich just like our German football writer Seb Staffer-Bloor told us they would on Thursday's Daily Football Briefing. And I'm delighted to say he's back with us now. Seb, I'd say that played out pretty much as you expected, right? It did. It actually it was an indictment of where these two teams have been all season, Michael. They There's a clear gap between them, both in terms of level execution, entertainment value, but also confidence. And one of the themes that came out of it post-match was one team looked like they really enjoyed the spectacle, the game, the stage of it. Another just didn't really turn up. And that's kind of been the messaging in the media ever since. Uh, yeah, and it's in, in a way also, it's one of those situations where Leverkusen have been so good up until this point, unbeaten in the Bundesliga, of course, that it feels right that when this came around, when this this big contest, which had been on the horizon for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, came around, they showed the best version of themselves. And I think that's a really, really healthy sign of, you know, not only what they are now, but what they're likely to be through the rest of the season. Absolutely. I loved Leverkusen's third goal from Jeremy Frimpong, although it's a bit questionable, maybe while Manuel Neuer was uh, had gone up for a corner when they were already 2-0 down. Who really shone for you over those 90 minutes? Florian Witz, I thought was absolutely magnificent. And I think I, I, I put on Twitter before the, the match started, actually, that I that I hope, like Leverkusen, he shows the best version of himself because he's he's been such a wonderful player to watch. He's so technically gifted and creative and he's such a delight. He's the kind of player that you really would, excuse the cliche, pay to watch. And he was wonderful. Also ran further than everybody else, which is probably not what you expect from a number 10 uh, of his style either. But a word to you for Granit Xhaka, who I thought was absolutely excellent in the middle of the Leverkusen midfield. There was never a point in the game where any team other than Leverkusen looked like they were in control of the rhythm of the match. There was never a period where, for instance, Bayern built up a head of steam and exerted any sort of pressure. I, I struggle to think of any chances they created. And that's largely to do with the orchestrators in Jabilonso's side, chief amongst those, of course, Granit Xhaka. So he was, he was fantastic. 
It's a five-point gap now, isn't it, at the top? It will be a different pressure for Leverkusen from here. I mean, we are now all assuming they'll win the title, right? Yeah, and, and part of that is the gap, Michael, but part of it is the fixtures that have come and gone. So they've they've played Le- Leipzig twice, who are obviously one of the, um, the stronger sides in Germany. They've played Stuttgart, they've played Dortmund, they've now played Bayern twice. And so if you look at their, their list of fixtures, there aren't many which, which jump out as being that difficult for them. But then now we have the situation where everything is in their own hands and there isn't the looming threat of a Bayern game and the occasion and a kind of a knee wobble because of the, the, you know, the, the, the title looming into, uh, into, into sight. There are different pressures around Bayern. The, the assumption is that Bayern will run the table and make them win all of their games. I just don't think that's the case. As you might expect, an awful lot of pressure on Thomas Tuchel now in the aftermath. There's a lot of criticism in the German media as there always is around any kind of imperfect Bayern performance. But also, I suspect that a lot of Bayern's eggs will go into the Champions League basket now. Um, they've got a, 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 a nice draw against Lazio in the first knockout round, which you'd expect them to get through. And I think that if, if Leverkusen continue to win, I think the emotional focus will start to shift a little bit. And I, I don't expect Bayern uh, Leverkusen to have to, to win all of their games. I think they'll get there quite comfortably. That was Seb Stafford-Bloor. As for today's football, look no further, because there isn't much else, than the lesser-spotted London derby between Crystal Palace and Chelsea. All the Selhurst Park action will be live on Sky Sports from 8pm in the UK. That's 3pm Eastern on USA Network. Juventus against Udinese is also available on TNT Sports from 7.45pm in the UK. Or there's the 8pm La Liga clash between Almeria and Athletic Club on La Liga TV. That one is also on in the US from 3pm Eastern over at ESPN+. And that's all for today's briefing. Thank you for listening. I've been Michael Bailey. Mike Zimmerman was your producer extraordinaire with Ian McIntosh on executive producer duties. I'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a super start to your week. The Athletic.